This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General General Cigar Cigar Dave. 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 The voice of the alpha male. And now more than ever, you need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. You demand me on that wall to fight the enemies of masculinity. This entire hour I will spend on the war against alpha males, against masculine males. Gillette, the best a man can get. Maybe it was 30 years ago, but today, I'm done with my Gillette Profusion Razor. We're seeing from every corner men being attacked. The American Psychological Association, new report on traditional masculinity being harmful. I will have none of it. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio, always pleasure, long live the alpha, make America great again, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, as always, your global five-star commanding general and alpha male-in-chief front and center, command center alpha here in the cigar city of Tampa, and as always... I've got one of my two German Shepherds. We've got Pendragon's Royal Baron, who is on the lookout. And if you hear him bark, then you know there is a threat against masculinity coming to Command Center Alpha. And in fact, as I look at him right now, he's got his big German Shepherd ears up. He's got his big snout on the lookout. He is on the alert for anyone that will challenge our right to be masculine alpha males. As always, should you care to contact me, CigarDave at CigarDave.com. Follow me on social media. Go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand side. You'll see all the links, but primarily on Twitter, at CigarDaveShow, which is my primary method of communication, although we still do Facebook and Instagram and all the other social media platforms. By now, you have heard about Gillette's ad campaign to end quote, unquote, toxic masculinity in a hashtag Me Too inspired ad. A very long ad at that. Back in 1989, Gillette made a very big splash, big impression on consumers with a Super Bowl ad that used the tagline, Gillette, the best a man can get. For 30 years, Gillette reinforced their high quality of products using the tag. They charged premium prices to gain market share. I have been a huge proponent of Gillette's Razor, starting with the Track 2, then they went to the Mach 3, then they went to the Turbo, and then the Fusion, which is the 5-blade, and I use the Pro Fusion. And I way overpay for blades. Uh, 
No ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, you're talking like six bucks a blade. But I get a very smooth, close shave. I've got a very strong beard. I cannot use an electric razor. If I use an electric razor, it does nothing. Zero. Within 10 minutes, I have to shave again. I've tried electric. In college, I tried electric because it was a little bit easier. Forget it. Does not work. I've tried the disposables. Don't work. I need the top shelf blades on my baby face. Smooth as a baby's ass, baby face. Because I have a very, very thick beard. In fact, if I don't shave after like a day and a half, two days, I look uh, like a terrorist. No ifs, ands, or buts. So Gillette has always been, the majority of their revenues derived from men. Whether it's their shave cream, their razors, their, uh, their, their other sh- uh, shave products and aftershave products. I've always liked Gillette. And in fact, Procter & Gamble liked Gillette so much that in 2005, they bought the Boston-based company, Gillette, for $57 billion. Now, since they bought Gillette in 2005, the shaving landscape has changed dramatically. We're seeing increased competition from Dollar Shave Club, Harry's, uh, even Schick, who was Gillette's secondary competitor. But it was kind of like Heinz Ketchup and Hunts. Heinz had the majority of market share, and then there was Hunts, and then like Libby's and everybody else. And the same thing. It was Gillette, and then Schick, and then everybody else. Well, things have changed dramatically. And in fact, I believe the owner of Schick, I think Unilever, has purchased... I want to say either Dollar Shave Club or Harry's for a billion dollars. But Gillette's market share for their razors over the past 10 years has dropped from 70% to 50%. They've had to drop the price of their razors by 15% over the past few years. And really, they are on the verge of going below 50%. And when that happens, the dynamics of everything change. More competition. People said, wait a minute, why do I want to spend 6 $7 for a blade? It's ridiculous. Now, I have not tried Schick, their Quattro 5, but I'm going to after the ad that came out. So, by now, I'm sure you've heard the reaction to the ad that Gillette launched on their YouTube channel earlier this week entitled, We Believe in the Best in Men, where, to me, it is a absolute, pardon the pun, slap in the face to every male consumer that has purchased Gillette razors. It is a slap in the face to virtually every man. And they're trying to make the point, and we will play the ad momentarily, the audio, make the point that men need to end toxic masculinity, that boys shouldn't be boys, that men shouldn't catcall women. Well, there's a very small percentage of men that are scumbags. Harvey Weinstein, or Weinstein, scumbag. We've seen him, just the way he acted with women. The guy, it's like Michael Moore. The guy looks like he needs a bath. He looks like a disheveled, unmade bed. Couldn't get laid in a whorehouse for money, but uses his power to try to hit on women and sexually assault women. Scumbag. I've talked about him numerous times. Total scumbag. We see Les Moonves, television executive, former CEO and chairman of CBS, over a period of 
30 years, been doing the same thing, using his power. Turns out he had a couple of dames on the payroll to provide oral stress relief happy endings at CBS. Scumbag. Those are a minority of men. The majority of alpha males. Men like you and I, we are polite to our women. We treat women with respect. We put them on a pedestal. We treat dames like dames, with class, with sophistication, with refinement, with respect. I have never, ever had a woman, any woman that I have dated or women that are in the harem or women that I know say, boy, Dave, you really treat women disrespectfully. You treat them like pieces of meat. You treat them horribly. You are ju- you're a scumbag like Harvey Weinstein. I have never had that. Because I was brought up that you properly treat your woman. You treat her properly. I'm old-fashioned. I'm like the Rat Pack. I'm old school. That means I open a door for a woman. Open the car door. Open a door to a restaurant. When we're going out to a restaurant, I pull the chair and put it back in. I am very polite. Now, every so often, I'll run across a woman who will say, I can do that myself. They've got a little bug up their ass saying, I can do that. One of these feminists. And I said, sweetheart... I'm sure you can, but I'm a gentleman, and that's how I I roll. That's how I operate. If you've got a problem with it, it's your problem, not mine. But I can tell you, the number of women that say, oh, what a delight to have a gentleman. What what, what a change. What, what, this is just so, I'm not used to it. I can't tell you the number of women that say, I'm just not used to a man being this polite to me. I'm not used to a man pulling out my chair. Why? And they, Because there's not enough alpha males in this world. We know that. I've been on a quest as the global alpha male in chief to convert wussified betas into alphas. Not an easy task, but we're succeeding one beta at a time. And the problem is that women today have been so conditioned to, be, to going out with wussified beta men that can't make decisions, that aren't polite, that aren't refined, that aren't sophisticated, that don't do the small things, that when a woman does finally meet a man that does pull out her chair, that does take care of making all the arrangements, that is decisive, that does treat a woman with respect, the woman does not know how to react. And I know this for a fact. Because I have numerous female friends that tell me. They say, when I go out with a guy that's an alpha male, that's refined, sophisticated, I don't know how to react. And I tell them, you better get over it very quickly. And I don't care how strong a woman is. A strong woman wants a stronger man. That doesn't mean, let's not conflate being a strong man with beating the living daylights out of a woman. That's not what I'm talking about. Feminists know that's not what I'm talking about. And all men know that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a man who is decisive, who is strong, who says, hey, I'm going to protect my dame. I'm going to make sure I've got the evening planned. We're going away this weekend. I got it all covered. Not some wussified beta that says, what do you want to do this week? Where do you want to go? What do you want to have? That's not what women want. And I don't care how successful a woman is. She wants a stronger Man, that goes back to the caveman days. It's very, very simple. But now over the last number of years, we have seen an attack on masculine men. And it's been going on really since the feminist movement hit their stride 40, 50 years ago. 
maybe 40, 45 years ago is when we really saw it in the 70s, where all of a sudden men were the cause of all of women's evils. All of women's woes are because of men. Men kept women down. The glass ceiling was because of men. Men don't get paid the same. All these things we've heard. Well, what has happened in the last 40 years? Two important developments. One, women now are the majority in this country. Women are also the majority of college graduates and post-college graduates. Men are now in the minority on that. That's number one. Number two, the feminists going back 40, 45 years ago wanted to make sure that boys became emasculated. That boys should start thinking like a woman. Boys should be feminized. Boys should be betas. And what we now have, and you see this in the millennial generation, not all, but a great percentage, boys and young adults that are unprepared to exist and succeed in the world. When things don't go their way, they do not know how to react. When they don't get the job promotion, they jump up and down or they bring a gun to work. Because they're all told, you're wonderful, you're perfect, you're great. There's, everybody gets a participation trophy. And over the last 40 years, and this has been scientifically proven, girls in classrooms are getting more attention. Boys are being told, you're evil, you're bad. When boys engage in normal boyhood behavior, whether it's wrestling or sports or roughhousing, boys will be boys. Stop being a boy. Don't do that. They want to turn them into girls, and we're seeing that all over the place. So Gillette, a company which is losing market share faster than a 5,000-pound lead brick dropping from the top of the Empire State Building, says, hmm, let's go after the consumers, the people, the men that buy our razor blades. You know, let's try to get more millennials to buy our product because there is research showing that millennials tend to patronize and give more credit to companies and brands that use corporate social responsibility appeals. A company that says we're socially responsible Millennials will gravitate to. But here's one little problem for Gillette. Millennials, millennial men primarily, maybe some millennial females, they probably don't shave either. I've seen women that have hair under their arms and hair on their legs. But millennial boys, young adults, millennial men, they don't shave. And when I've talked to millennials that don't shave, I go, how come you don't shave? I'm too lazy. That's another problem. The millennial generation, lazy. Everything should be given to them. Everything should be free. Shouldn't have to work for anything. Now, I'm not saying all, just the way that Gillette just cast a broad brush on their ad that said every man is a toxic masculine male. I'm not doing that with all millennials. We've got a ton of great millennials. They come to our events. They're avid listeners of the show. I've met them out and about. They serve in the military. But there is that percentage of millennials that are lazy that don't shave, and consequently, no matter what Gillette does, they're never going to get them. They're not going to get them as consumers. So what does Gillette do, led by their brand director, their brand manager, Pankaj Bala, who, by the way, I went online and did a web search to see him. 
Looks like he's probably late 30s, maybe early 40s. Looks very wussified beta to me. He said before, and I'm going to play the commercial here momentarily. We expect debate. Actually, a discussion is necessary. If we don't discuss and don't talk about it, I don't think real change will happen. Well, you have just alienated the overwhelming majority of your consumers that are not toxic in any way, shape, or form. So you think you're going to increase your market share with millennials by totally ticking off every other consumer? Good luck. So Gillette came out with using their the best a man can get. They have come out with a new commercial that was launched on YouTube that was directed by a female director. So you know that she has got her own particular spin. So let's go ahead and let's queue up the new Gillette ad that is called The Best Men Can Be. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right Uh, way. Bro, not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big. Yo, men. And small. I am strong. But some is not enough. Somehow we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. And the ad ends with a little kid, and there's text that says, The best a man can get. It's only by challenging ourselves to do more that we can get closer to our best. We are taking action at thebestmencanbe.org. Well, that is extremely offensive to those of us that are prime consumers of Gillette razors. And it's pretty apparent why. They group every single man as being toxic, that masculinity is toxic. And they go after boys when boys are just roughhousing as, oh, boys will be boys. We need to stop that behavior. The reaction to the we believe in the best in men has been overwhelmingly negative. Comments on their YouTube channel are running negative by a humongous 10 to 1. 10 to 1 against. The ad is insulting, full of stereotypes. And I'll tell you what's dangerous for Gillette is that this basically does nothing to sell a razor blade. It does nothing to say, hey, to those men that are customers 
we applaud you. We know that the overwhelming majority of men are great men and treat women with respect. Instead, they just lump everyone together. I got news for you. I know that there are many men that are going to start boycotting Gillette, and I am one of them. I use the Gillette Profusion. I'm going to go, and I, I just finished my last blade that's in my in the four-pack of the Profusion. I'm going to go pick up the Gillette Quattro 5, and I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give that a try. I'm not, from what I understand, I've talked to people that use Dollar Shave Club and Harry's, not sure how great those blades are, but maybe I'll try those too. But what they have done is just literally slapped every one of their male consumers in the face. It baffles me how a company where the overwhelming majority of their revenue, probably 80% of their revenue comes from men, would go and attack the very people who buy their products. It makes no sense to me. But again, this is what happens when you have the kowtowing to millennials saying, oh, we have to try to get more millennials to bring up our market share. How about lowering your price? How about stop ripping off consumers? Six, seven bucks a blade. If you think this is going to help Gillette, you got another thing coming. And I, for one, am sick and tired of feminist groups and all of these other politically correct movements saying it's toxic masculinity. It's men that are aggressive. We need to just outlaw this from the beginning. And when I come back, I'll tell you what the American Psychological Association has to say about masculinity because they are now going and ripping the traditional masculine norms, stating, stating that if you normal biological male function, we got to put an end to that. And by the way, feminist groups now want to obliterate the word man from their lexicon. Oh, and I've got an example of toxic femininity. We'll continue. The war on men. We're going to fight it straight ahead. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Alec Bradley New Release Sampler, including the Alec Bradley Magic Toast. This cigar was created by Alan Rubin after toasting a special whiskey to a great crop that would yield this beautiful medium to full-bodied smoke. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. 
Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Well, we present another example of toxic masculinity. The great Dean Martin singing Baby It's Cold Outside, trying to coerce a helpless woman to stay and protect her from the elements outside. But as we know, the feminists and the PC movement has rendered this song to be totally filled with toxic masculinity in a date-rape culture. Do we care? No, because we know it is a load of poppycock. We do not care. And to Gillette, the company that says the best men can be, I say focus on razors. Focus on lowering your price. Focus on technology that will lower the price so we don't get ripped off and so that your market share doesn't go from 70 to 50 down to 30, which is probably where it is heading after that uh, commercial that they have released, their uh, Minute 38 commercial, Going After Men. Now, if you think the war on men and masculinity is over, forget it. It is just starting. Perfect case in point. The American Psychological Association, the APA, first time in their history, released guidelines concerning men and boys, saying that so-called traditional masculinity not only is harmful, but also could lead to homophobia and sexual harassment. In a news released by the APA, they say the main thrust of the subsequent research is that traditional masculinity, marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression, is on the whole harmful. It notes that research shows traditional masculinity is psychologically harmful and that socializing boys to suppress their emotions causes damage that echoes both inwardly and outwardly. That's right. They would like boys to be taught to be little girls. Cry at everything. Go ahead, be a little wussy, be a little feminized, emasculated boy. Let's make sure that we emasculate, make sure those little nads don't come out at a young age. Let's chop them off right when they're boys so they can become girls as they grow up. The 36-page report, their their guidelines, go on to coin masculinity ideology, which stems from traditional masculinity, claims that it harms boys and men. Really? Traditional masculinity. So all those boys and men that partook in World War II, that stormed the beaches of Normandy, I guess that was harmful for them to be masculine, for them to be competitive, to want to dominate and be aggressive over the Nazis. They make it seem like competitiveness and aggression is just the biggest evil in the world. I'm competitive. I'm aggressive when it comes to business, when it comes to winning Succeeding, I don't apologize for that. In fact, when it comes to negotiating, and I'll get to President Trump a little bit later on, it's one of the reasons why the Democrats can't stand him. Why? Because he's an alpha male. That's not going to roll over when Nancy Pelosi 
tried to shaft him on the State of the Union. He didn't roll over like George H.W. Bush or George W. Bush or a Mitt Romney would have or a John McCain would have. Instead, he's like, no, you try to screw me, I'm going to screw you back 10 times harder. The Democrats can't stand President Trump because the President Trump is beating him at the Democrats' own game. They don't know how to react to it. So this nonsense that we're seeing that, oh, we can't, men shouldn't be aggressive, shouldn't be competitive. This all boils down to these groups who believe that they have the divine right to obliterate the traditional biology norms of men and and boys and the male species, that they want to turn every boy and every man into a woman. It's exactly what they want. And it's gotten to the point where this is going to have a humongous backlash. People are tired of it. Men are tired of it. Women are tired of it. When they went after Judge Kavanaugh, women said, wait a minute. You're going to do this to my son? Are you going to do this to my husband going back 20, 30 years ago for something that somebody makes up and says without any evidence? The report continues that traditional masculinity ideology has been shown to limit males' psychological development, constrain their behavior, result in gender role strain and gender role conflict, and negatively influence mental health and physical health. And the masculine ideology, as defined by the American Psychological Association, is a particular constellation of standards that have held sway over large segments of the population, including anti-femininity, achievement, as jewel of the appearance of weakness, and adventure, risk, and violence. And they say that masculine boys may put their energy toward disruptive behavior such as homophobia, bullying, and even sexual harassment rather than strive for academic excellence. What an absolute load of bull, of poppycock. In the Wall Street Journal, there is an interesting op-ed piece by Dr. Erica Commissar, who is a psychotherapist, and she said she has seen an increase of depression in young men who feel emasculated in a society that is hostile to masculinity. No shiatsu. No kidding. We have seen this going on for 40 years, the emasculation of the American male of boys. It is nonsense. It is ridiculous. Now all of a sudden, if a man wants to compete... If a man wants to be aggressive on getting a job, if a man has big nads of steel, that's a huge problem for society. And what the APA has done, defining traditional masculinity as a pathological state instead of a biological state, only going to make things worse. They are demonizing masculinity. I say masculinity should be embraced, just like femininity should be embraced. This goes back thousands and thousands of years, going back to the caveman days. Okay, the man was the hunter-gatherer, the woman took care of the cave. Now things have changed. We have women that are out in the workplace that are successful, that are educated. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is giving one group or the other a leg up. If somebody says, well, we should give preference to women, even if a man is, is superior for the job, is, has a better resume, 
is more suited for the job. I've got a huge problem with that. I do not like quotas. Best man or best woman for the job, period. And that has nothing to do with whether somebody's skin color, their religion, their, 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 uh, their gender. I believe pick the best person for the job. I don't like quotas. I think it's ridiculous. You're just trying to say, okay, well, we need to put somebody inferior in the job. Huge problem. And by the American Psychological Association, demonizing masculinity instead of embracing the positive aspects of masculinity, what they are doing is going to be more harmful. They are going to continue to make the emasculation of boys rampant, more rampant than we're already seeing in this country. And they're saying they're clinicians. They're telling the American Psychological Association is telling their clinicians, go and say, evaluate masculinity as an evil that must be corrected. Instead of that says, hey, embrace masculinity. That is a good thing. Men and women are different. Men and women are biologically different. And when we see the old slogan, people say, oh, we have to stop boys from being boys. Wrong! That's the problem. We need boys to be boys. We need boys to engage in boy behavior, roughhousing, running around, getting their energy out. It's like a puppy. I got to run a baron who's nine months old, my nine-month-old, 97-pound German shepherd. I got to run him, got to get that energy out loose. But instead, what they're saying is, no, let's restrict boys. Nope, let's stop them from roughhousing, playing tackle football. We cannot have this. And that in itself lay the problem. Because when boys are boys, when they are boys, they will learn to be alpha males. They will learn to be masculine young adults and successful males. Instead of jumping up and down in a hissy fit every time something doesn't go their way. And the truth is, masculine traits such as aggression, competitiveness, protective vigilance, they're positive. Those are a good thing. Here's the difference between boys and girls. This is science now. This isn't me making it up. Boys and men produce far more testosterone. That is associated biologically and behaviorally with increased aggression and competitiveness. They also produce more vasopressin, a hormone originating in the brain that makes men aggressively protective of their loved ones. Every woman I know said, I want a man that's protective of me. And I don't care how successful. They like when a man stands up for them. The same goes for feminine uh, feminine traits. Women are nurturing. They're more emotionally sensitive. Women produce more oxytocin when they are, nurture their children than men. And the hormone affects men and women differently. For example, oxytocin in women makes women more sensitive and uh, uh, empathetic, while men become more playfully, tactually stimulating, uh, encouraging resilience. These are normal differences. But today, we have the uh, American Psychological Association, we have all these enemies of masculinity saying, oh no, masculinity is unhealthy. We need to cut masculinity. Here's a perfect example of exactly what I am saying. Perfect example. Feminist groups at a number of colleges, have a grand plan to obliter obliterate the word man from their lexicon. 
Various groups in the U.S. are opting to, instead of spelling woman, W-O-M-A-N, or women, W-M-E-N, because let's face it, in woman and women, there's man and men, right? They're opting to spell woman, W-O-M-Y-N, or women, W-M-X-N, to avoid spelling man or men. Other groups are calling women, women X. Women's groups at the University of Iowa, California Davis, Texas State University, University of Richmond, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, some of the schools where the alternative spelling is used. And this is what the University of Iowa's Women's Resource and Action Center coordinator, Simone Fernandez, said. Women, and I'm, it's Wimixin, I don't know how else you pronounce it, W-M-X-N, removes the sequences of men, M-A-N or men, M-E-N from the term woman, women, that sheds light on the prejudice, discrimination, and institutional barriers Wimixin have faced but to also show that Wimixin are not a subcategory of men while providing active resistance to transphobia to include trans women, trans femme, and other gender non-conforming Wimixin. Have you ever heard such a load of garbage? i got to tell you something. And I've stated this, I've stated this last week, I've stated it numerous times. I don't care what a man or woman's sexual preference is. Now, if the female, if a woman is a lesbian, do we have, Sergeant Steve, do we have that soundbite from Boston Legal? I know we must have that somewhere. We, we, we normally keep that. As you get that prepared, let me just say this. I do not care what a woman or man's sexual preference is. It's not my business. I don't care. If it makes you happy, go ahead. If it makes you happy to, you know, have a guy with a guy, not my cup of tea, not my thing. I don't get it. But if that makes you happy, fine. No problem. I'm not going to go in your bedroom. If a woman, now I prefer if. Two or three hot women want to get together. Hey, as long as I'm invited, no problem. Enjoy. Lesbian. Have that. Lesbian, lesbian, lesbian. All together now. Lesbian. As long as the lesbian, lesbian, lesbians are hot and they want to invite me, partake in whatever you want. But what I have a problem with is all of a sudden that we should jump up and, and root for every transgender, tra- uh, quadragender, queer gender, multi-gender, gender, multiple sexual preference. I don't have to sit there and say, oh, great. I think it's great that people are gay. I don't care. I don't need to jump up and down. If that's your preference, fine. I'm happy with it. Go ahead. Don't tell me that I can't have a harem. Don't tell me that I can't enjoy having multiple women. I don't want to tell somebody that has a polyamorous relationship, has four or five wives. My thing is, if that's what you enjoy, go ahead. It should be legal. I don't care. If everybody's consensual adults, no problem. But by the same token, now all of a sudden what these groups want is for us to say, great. We should put down men. We should make sure that masculinity is a four-letter word, that it is the cause of all evil, and by the way, if you're masculine, you're against transgenderism and translesbianism and transqueerism. Enough of the isms. I don't need to hear it. That's how you want to live your life. Great. But I don't want to pay for it. You want to chop off your schmeckle and get something else? You know, get a JJ. Great. But I don't have to pay for it. And by the way, we have seen these examples of all this supposed toxic masculinity? Well, I have in my hands a perfect example of toxic femininity. This comes to us from Phoenix. A Phoenix woman, Jacqueline 
Addis, accused of stalking a man she met on a dating site, went out on one date with the man and has sent him more than 159,000 text messages, including threatening text messages, over the course of nearly 10 months. They, uh, they didn't name the man, but they went out on one date. And this woman now, over 10 months, who sends 159,000 text messages? The man called police after he found Addis parked outside his home July 2017. Paradise Valley, Arizona officers escorted her off the property. That's when police said Addis began threatening the man. One text read, I'd make sushi, and I'm pronouncing this the way she spelled it, out of your kidneys in chopsticks, out of your hand bones. I'd wear Another one, I'd wear your fascia in the top of your skull, in your hands and feet. The woman told police the texts were in jest. Gets better. In April 2010, Addis was arrested for trespassing inside the man's home while he was out of the country. They found this woman in the house taking a bath after she was arrested. She asked, why is this happening to me? When police asked her what she was doing there, she gave a very bizarre answer saying, I guess that I made up a whole scenario in my head where I live here, so I came here and pretended that's what was happening. Oh, and by the way, officers found a large butcher knife in Addis' car when she gave them permission to retrieve her purse. Now, there's toxic femininity. Toxic femininity. So I want to see all these groups jump up and down and saying we have to eliminate toxic femininity. We have to start when women are young. This must be addressed. The bottom line is this. I am proud to be an alpha male. I am proud to be a masculine male. All of you that are listening that are alpha males and masculine males, we don't apologize for it. The people with the problem are the enemies of masculinity. All these psychological groups and all these wussified betas and all these feminist groups now that are trying to portray men as being the cause of, of all evil is nonsense. And now when we see Gillette, a company that derives their revenue overwhelmingly, from men now calling all men in a uh, two-minute commercial toxic, screw Gillette. Hashtag screw Gillette. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. In 2018, we featured exceptional cigars monthly in the Cigar Dave Officers Club selections. And I am pleased to tell you that for 2019, 
We start the exact same way with a trio of fabulous cigars from Alec Bradley. It is the world of Alec Bradley featuring two of their new cigars and one cigar flying off the shelves. First up, the Alec Bradley Magic Toast, medium to full flavored. This was conceived in the tobacco fields in Honduras, a beautiful, rich flavored cigar. Next up, from Alan Rubin's two sons, Alec and Bradley Rubin, they created their own cigar called Alec and Bradley Blind Faith. Three different filler tobaccos from Esteli, Nicaragua. Rich, full-flavored, very unique cigar in packaging. And lastly, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli. Another medium-to-full-bodied cigar. Three great cigars from Alec Bradley. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. USDA certified alpha male with zero trace of wussification. It's the General Cigar Cigar Dave. Dave. But wait, there's more. I have another example of toxic femininity. A woman, a wife, has been arrested on suspicion of burning her husband alive after the pair fought over her desire to have his phone's password. Didi Parnama. This comes to us, actually, I believe, from uh, India, actually. Didi Parnama was working to repair roof tiles on the couple's home when his wife, Ilham Kahaina, asked for the password to his phone. The 26-year-old husband refused. The pair got into an argument. Parnama then climbed down from the roof and hit his wife as the argument continued. That sparked a physical encounter, and Kayani reportedly grabbed a gas can, poured the flammable liquid over her husband before setting him afire using a lighter. And I'm looking at the pictures. They are gruesome. Now, there's no question the guy should not have hit his wife. However, toxic femininity, basically, she took a, a, a can of gas, poured it over this man, and lit a match, and the guy's got burns all over his body. I mean, I'm looking at these pictures. They are absolutely gruesome. Absolutely gruesome. But this nonsense that all of a sudden everything is toxic because boys will be boys because men basically are men that all of a sudden it's the cause of evil. It is got to end. And by the way, Gillette, you have screwed yourself royally. This is going to go down. This is going to be the equivalent, mark my words, of New Coke. New Coke was an unmitigated disaster. Took Coke years and years to recover from. I will guarantee you this will take Gillette years to... In fact, I don't think they'll ever recover because their market share has already gone from 70 to 50 with more competition. With this and even further competition, I think you'll see it go down even further. No ifs, ands, or buts. By the way, the January 2019 Officers Club selection going out next week. It is the Alec Bradley new release sampler featuring three great cigars from Alec Bradley. The new Magic Toast, the Alec and Bradley Blind Faith, and the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli. All medium, medium full-bodied, beautiful cigars. The Magic Toast, as a result of Alan, or Alec, or Alan Rubin, the founder of Alec Bradley, being in Honduras, seeing a crop of beautiful cigar tobacco one night to celebrate opened a bottle of uh, whiskey. They gave a toast 
to the future. Magic Toast was born blind faith. Alan Rubin's kids, Alec and Bradley, created that. Great cigars. If you're not a member, CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Hour two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Well, I'm online already looking for what razor will replace my Gillette Pro Fusion. I'm looking at Schick. I'm looking at Harry's uh, Shave Club, Dollar Shave Club. I'm looking at them all, but so far, by the way, I love it, Schick. Tell me if this isn't a response to Gillette, the best men can be. Here's Schick's uh, right on their homepage at Schick.com. The man I am, the shave I want. Let me click learn more because I'm interested in learning. Ah, the man I am aims to make a positive contribution to a much discussed topic, masculinity. Tell me this is not a response to Gillette and it is brilliant. It is masterful. Although one of the guys they've got in uh, their featuring on the website very wussified baby. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show. As always, your global five-star general and alpha male in chief, front and center, command center alpha. Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. Email me, CigarDave at CigarDave.com. The Officers Club for January. I tell you, 2018, the number of selection, the greats, every one of them was better than the other. We're starting off 2019 on the right note, the January 2019 Officers Club selection, the Alec Bradley New Release Sampler, a portfolio of medium to full-bodied cigars, two that are recent additions to the Alec Bradley lineup within the last oh seven months or so, and one that's just uh, just about a year and a half old. First is the Alec Bradley Magic Toast. Beautiful cigar that was a result of one evening... Brand of Alec Bradley founder Alan Rubin was in the in the tobacco fields overlooking the stars, and he sees this magical crop of cigar tobaccos. And to celebrate, he pulls out a bottle of whiskey. They opened it up. They gave a toast to their future, to the future of the cigar. As a result, Alec Bradley Magic Toast was born. Now, Alec Bradley is named after Alan's two sons, Alec and Bradley Rubin. Two nice gents, alphas and uh, definitely alphas all the way. And at the IPCPR convention, the Cigar Retailers Convention last July, we spoke with them. In fact, the video is at CigarDave.com under our IPCPR 2018 coverage. And Alan said to his sons, okay, you guys have been in the business. I'm going to put my blind faith in you. You create a cigar, packaging, blend, everything. I'm not going to get involved. And that wasn't easy for Alan. But Alec and Bradley created a fabulous cigar, unique taste, very cool packaging. 
The cigar really stands out boldly, and so does the packaging. And then the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli, paying homage to the Nicaraguan capital of Esteli. Black Market Esteli, packed with flavor. All medium to medium full-bodied cigars. All unique taste profile. But the Alec Bradley New Release Sampler, our January 2019 Officers Club selection. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets to the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and you too can enjoy these great cigars that come your way every single month in a, in a Cigar Dave Officers Club pouch. In... Uh, before I get to a couple of other items here, and then we're going to get to litation, because uh, I talked about, really wanted to spend the entire first hour, the war against masculinity by these enemies of masculinity and by Gillette. But this is interesting. As By the way, Sergeant Steve, what kind of razor do you use? Because I know that uh, you shave on a daily basis, as do I. Well, I use the Gillette Fusion, but when these blades run out, no more. Yeah, and it, there's no question. Look, I like the Gillette product. I think they, they've... Every time they come out with a new product, when it was the Mach 3, I'm like, oh, this is great. And then they came out with the, uh, what was it, the Fusion and the Turbo Fusion. Great products. But what they have done is just so irritating to me that I'm going to start looking at alternatives. So here we are at Schick.com. And Schick, for many years, was kind of, and they still are, the secondary brand. I believe they are owned by Unilever. I'm almost positive they are owned by Unilever, who bought, I want to say... Uh, Dollar Shave Club, I think for a billion dollars. And it's either one of the two. It's either Dollar or Harry's. But as I go to Schick.com, now they've got uh, a, a very unique big, there's three men, and it says, the man I am, the shave I want, click to learn more. And as I go to click to learn more, it says, the man I am, and it's trademarked. The Man I Am campaign aims to make a positive contribution to a much-discussed topic, masculinity. Let's see what it says here. I, I may have spoken too soon. As society evolves, so too must the role of men and masculinity itself. Being a man is a spectrum, not a binary. So wherever men see themselves on that spectrum, we're there for them. We're committed to grooming them, to inspiring them, to educating them, to listening. We'll relentlessly celebrate the men they are with work that praises their individuality instead of telling them who to be. Okay, this is definitely a response to the Gillette uh, ad, be the best man you, uh, a man you can be. And it goes on to say, this is the new Schick Hydro, and this is our message. It takes a man to be yourself, and it takes the right razor to express it. Now, it says, the Man I Am campaign redefines what it means to be a man in the modern world and celebrates the individuality of us all. Meet the three men behind this campaign, Kevin, Willie, and Zuna. All right, now, as I look at this first guy, Meet Kevin, and I'm just looking here, Okay, uh, Kevin, we're going to link to this because there's a YouTube video. But uh, as I look at this right now, Kevin looks a little bit, how shall I say, on the totally wussified beta, uh, beta spectrum. I mean, looks like he needs a good meal, does not have one hair on his chest. Looks like if he shaves once a month, that would probably be good. Not exactly the guy that I would probably put on my first campaign. But nonetheless, I have to give Schick credit. Because they're saying, hey, we're not going to tell you what kind of man you should be. You know, we celebrate everybody's individuality. So I think this is a clear response. I, I got, I've got to believe they came out with this quickly to respond to this. No doubt about it. So as I look, they've got the Schick Hydro. 
And it comes in, let's see, I'm going to shop razors here because I want to take a look. I like the five blade. It comes in both a three and a five. Here is the Hydro Five Cents Hydrate Razor. And it looks to me as if, uh, let's see, you get the razor and uh, what, a four count blade for $14.48. Seems pretty pretty good, much less than what I'm paying for the Gillette. So I'm going to have to check that out. We will go ahead and link you to Schick so you can take a look at this. Now, negatively here, as we know, there's been attack on men in more than just one sense, more than just masculinity. But now the enemies of men, the enemies of cigars, the enemies of pleasure are saying that you're not old enough at 18 to make mature decisions. You're not old enough at 18 to make a decision whether you want to have a beer or, or a spirit. At 18, you're not old enough now to decide that you should be able to purchase a cigar. You're not mature enough. But at 18, you're old enough to put your life and limb on the line for this country. Oh, and by the way, at 18, all these same people that are rallying to raise the age from 18 to 21, the legal limit uh, at which you can purchase cigars, are the same people now saying we should lower the voting age from 18 to 16. Because 16-year-olds are mature enough. No, they're not. At 18, I have no problem with. You are legally an adult. So if it's you're old enough to make a decision to vote, you can legally vote, you're old enough at 18 to serve in the military, then you should be at 18 old enough to decide that you want to purchase a cigar. But Governor Andrew Cuomo, who wouldn't be there if it weren't for his father, Mario Cuomo, and by the way, both Cuomos have the distinction of being the worst governors in the history of the crumbling empire state, has, uh, is proposing that the crumbling empire state raised the legal age of purchasing tobacco products from 18 to 21. It is included in its 2019 executive budget. Now, never mind that New York State is a crumbling empire. I mean, it's a joke to call it the empire state. Roads are in disrepair. Bridges are in disrepair. I mean, they could, they're, they're making a big deal out of all the billions they're spending to rebuild LaGuardia. No offense. But you look around at other states here, here in the cigar city of Tampa, Tampa International Airport, the finest airport by far in the country and amongst the finest in the world, they're already, they've been doing a modernization campaign on a regular basis. It's not the LaGuardia of like 1960 that's still there. Now they're improving it. It's a mess right now in New York. But you look at all the infrastructure in New York, the throughway, bridges, buildings, it's crumbling. And yet, the population in New York State is the same, now virtually the same as in Florida. And yet Florida spends, the budget in Florida is a third of what it is in New York. Anybody see where the problem is? But Governor Mario Cuomo, instead of trying to fix New York, instead of trying to tighten the belt and being efficient at state government, he's now got a proposal to raise the tobacco purchasing age from 18 to 21. So now if you live in New York State... He wants to make it that you need to be 21 years old. Now, out of 62 counties, there are currently 21 counties that have already raised the tobacco purchasing age to 21, including the five counties or boroughs of New York City. Now, he also wants to make it illegal that tobacco is sold in pharmacies or anywhere else where there are either food products 
or there are uh, medications, pharmacy products, uh, pharmaceuticals that are sold. Now, if this passes in New York State, it will become the seventh state in the United States to raise the tobacco purchasing age to 21. So you tell me, is it right? Is it fair? Is it, is, it, is, is it just that you can be 18 years of age to vote? And all these Dems and Libs, are, are they want to make sure that not only 18, they want to lower it to 16 in many cases. But now all of a sudden, you're old enough and mature enough to vote, but not mature enough to decide that you would like to purchase a cigar. The hypocrisy is unbelievable. And by the way, Cuomo now wants to legalize marijuana. Fine, great. Well, what I find amazing is these same people that are jumping up and down saying, oh, we've got to eliminate people being able to purchase cigars and tobacco at 18. People should not be able to purchase firearms until they're 21. Yet I guarantee you they'll say, you want some pot? Absolutely, 18, no problem. And these are the same people that are bitching and moaning and complaining. Oh, second-hand smoke, third-hand smoke, eighth-hand smoke. Oh, we're outside in a giant park. Oh, we can't have that wafting through the air. But if it comes to marijuana, no problem. The hypocrisy is just rampant. And here's another little item that I will get to very quickly. Actually, you know what? We, we need to save time for the litation ceremony. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And I've got, a, I've got to talk about President Trump and the invitation to Clemson University, the Clemson... By the way, do you know the only school, the only opponent to really give Clemson a run for their money all year? That would be my alma mater, the Syracuse Orangemen, who, by the way, defeated number one Duke earlier this week, and I'll have a special cigar that I will enjoy during litation to commemorate that big win. So I I will save this other story that I have, and then I want to get to President Trump inviting Clemson and what he served, because once again, there's a big brouhaha, everybody losing their minds, especially the lib stream media. It is unbelievable, and I'll give you a case in point of more hypocrisy. I am Cigar Dave, the general, the global five-star and alpha male-in-chief. We will continue front and center with the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony next. The January selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Alec Bradley new release sampler, including Black Market Esteli. This medium to full-bodied smoke comes from the capital of Nicaragua to pay homage to everything the city offers to cigar making. Not a member of the Officers Club yet? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now. If you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, as I mentioned, my Syracuse Orangemen had a humongous win over Duke on Monday night. What a great way to start Big Monday, 95-91 in Overtime. Everyone thought Syr- I thought Syracuse was going to get waxed. No ifs, ands, or buts. Playing down at Cam- uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium, down in Durham, North Carolina. But the Orange come back, and they defeat Duke 95-91. A fantastic game, huge upset. And by the way, there was a there was a play that we'll put. There was, I mean, a human. The end of the first half, the Syrac- Syracuse was inbounding the ball from, and there's I think maybe like one second left. They inbound the ball. There was like an 80 foot shot. I'm sitting on my sofa and I'm in dis. I'm watching it. All of a sudden, I go, "Holy, you know what?" And jumped up. Could not believe it. In fact, I tweeted it out with the video. A huge win. So I have to celebrate appropriately with the right cigar. And there's only one cigar I could figure out. Syracuse Orange. I needed a cigar that somehow had an orange tie. And I've selected the Espinosa Laranja Reserva. What does Laranja mean in Portuguese? It's the Portuguese word for orange. And Eric Espinosa blended this cigar about four years ago. And when I saw him, he said, hey, bro, you got to try this. He's at one of the cigar conventions. And I said, Laranja. He goes, yeah, it's orange in Portuguese. I said, well, I'm a Syracuse Orange alum. Got to try it. Smoked it. 
and I, I came back and said, Eric, not blowing smoke, pardon the pun, fabulous cigar, a Nicaraguan, uh, a cigar made in Nicaragua with a Brazilian laranja wrapper. If you look at the wrapper, it's got an orange hue to it. Nicaraguan binder and filler. It is a just a nice medium-flavored cigar, nice color, nice fragrance, beautiful wrapper, some just great taste, very unique cigar. It's going to run you probably, I think if I'm not mistaken, you're looking for, eh, you're probably talking about $10, $11 for a cigar. And I've just pulled out the Kaisa, which is a Churchill box press. They, they're four sizes. The Churchill is box press, six and a half inches with a 48 ring gauge. That's what I have pulled out in honor of the Syracuse upset over Duke, the uh, Espinosa Laranja Reserva. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine. Boy, this is a heavy one, too, from the R&D labs. That's what I would use today. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, giant uh, litation device. This is the Mala Make America Litate again. Giant uh, litation device. Big flame, big tank. That's what I would use today. Cigar Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut right off the bat. Let me toast the foot of this Espinosa Laranja. Portuguese or orange. My Syracuse Orangeman. What a huge win against Duke. Now they got to keep it up. All right, let me puff and rotate here. Oh, very nice. Flavor, nice draw. Mm. Oh, getting almost a little graham crackery type of taste here. Mm. Smooth, real creaminess. Mm. Blow on the foot of the cigar. Oh, needs just a little touch up. Mm. Okay, my Espinosa Laranja fully lit. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I need the proper accoutrement, and I have just pulled out a bottle of Hennessy VSOP Privilege Cognac. VSOP, very special old pale, meaning the aging on this at least four years. Got about 60 bucks a bottle. Let me open this up. This comes to us from... France, so you actually do get a complimentary white flag in here. And as I pour this, oops, for some reason, there we go. Okay. So cheers, take a sip. Mmm. Wow. Very, very nice. A blend of over 60 different eau de vie, different uh, cognacs, slowly matured in wood barrels, some honey, some spice. Take another sip. Mm. Very pleasant. Goes nicely with my Espinosa Laranja. We come back. President Trump getting hammered because of what he served Clemson. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show.
In 2018, we featured exceptional cigars monthly in the Cigar Dave Officers Club selections. And I am pleased to tell you that for 2019, we start the exact same way with a trio of fabulous cigars from Alec Bradley. It is the world of Alec Bradley featuring two of their new cigars and one cigar flying off the shelves. First up, the Alec Bradley Magic Toast, medium to full flavored. This was conceived in the tobacco fields in Honduras, a beautiful, rich flavored cigar. Next up, from Alan Rubin's two sons, Alec and Bradley Rubin, they created their own cigar called Alec and Bradley Blind Faith. Three different filler tobaccos from Esteli, Nicaragua, rich, full-flavored, very unique cigar in packaging. And lastly, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli, another medium to full-bodied cigar. Three great cigars from Alec Bradley. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. Periodically made in the USA, America's alpha male-in-chief, Cigar Dave. Well, the Clemson Tigers, who whacked Alabama, it wasn't even close. They totally whacked and spanked the Crimson Tide. There are two things that bring me joy in the world. Watching Bill Belichick lose on the sidelines, being more miserable than he already is, and watching Nick Saban lose and look more miserable than he already is the guy makes 10 11 million dollars a year nick saban wins all these championship wins game after game after game and looks more miserable than ever the more he wins the more money he makes the more miserable the guy looks and sounds well boy did he ever get his ass spanked whacked in the uh, championship game that uh, took place uh, what was it uh, about two weeks ago just an incredible game. Give it to Clemson. But the only team that played him tough all year, the Syracuse Orange Men, who seem to have Clemson's number. So as a reward, the president always invites the championship teams, whether it's basketball or football, NFL, college, to the White House. It's a tradition. And I should add that they normally are invited to the White House for a ceremony where the president is normally given a jersey with his name on it. And he makes a big deal, and they take pictures, and he salutes them. But very rarely is there ever a meal served or a reception. Usually they visit, and that's the end of it. Well, President Trump was going to have Clemson over earlier this week. And as you know, the government is non-essential personnel are shut down, so the five White House chefs are deemed non-essential. So consequently, President Trump, who, by the way, does not have to feed the Clemson football team, and Obama never did to my recollection, or George H.W. Bush or Bill Clinton or any other president that I can recall when they come to the White House. Again, otherwise, we would have heard it. So he decides, what would college players like? What food would they like? Do we want to make something foo-foo? Well, he decided, you know what, and he paid out of his own pocket, $3,000, whatever the case is. He decided that Monday night, this past Monday night, when Syracuse whacked Duke, 
that while hosting Clemson's national championship football team, he would have the White House staff go out and purchase all sorts of fast food. Now, you ask a college kid, and today it's very different, especially when it comes to athletics. They have nutritionists and dietitians, and they program their diets. It's very different than it used to be where the football team or basketball team or other teams would eat at a regular cafeteria. It's very, very different now. But you ask any college athlete, I don't care if they're male or female, do you like fast food? Do you like pizza? You like Big Macs? You like Whoppers? You like Kentucky Fried Chicken? The answer is, hell yeah. Hell to the yes. So President Trump said, you know what? We're going to make this fun. He likes fast food. He sent out for Quarter Pounders, Big Macs, filet fish He got Whoppers. He got Wendy's. I don't know if they were singles or doubles. He got French fries. He got all sorts of fast food. And they're all in the boxes. Of course, they're served on silver platters. And there's a great picture of President Trump uh, standing behind the table with all the food. There's these lit candelabras. And then you have these silver platters of Big Macs and the cardboard and the Wendy's singles or doubles. And there's even a few box salads for those people that maybe are vegetarians. And you can see President Lincoln, a great portrait of Lincoln as he ponders with his hand to his chin. And actually, if President Lincoln did talk, he would say, damn, why didn't we have this kind of good food when I was president? Well, President Trump, of course, welcomes everybody all and makes a big deal out of it and, 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 and has a laugh with the team saying, hey, we could have gone out and catered it and got something foo-foo, but what would you guys rather have? And what is interesting is he served it, and of course all the, the, the Clemson students, all the, the, the football players, when he said, would you rather have the fast food, the Big Macs, the, everybody started cheering. Oh, yeah, they were thrilled. They were loving it. Wait a minute, that's McDonald's slogan. They were loving it. Well, so were the Clemson Tigers football team. And everybody was laughing and jovial, having a great time. And I guarantee you the fact that not only do they get to meet the president, but that they're also enjoying a meal, and they're enjoying food that tastes good. Who does not love a Whopper, a Big Mac? Who does not love Wendy's? Who does not like French fries? Well, of course, no matter what President Trump served, I, there's no doubt in my mind he was going to get criticized. And, of course, the libstream media and all these elitists criticized him for basically saying how beneath how beneath the White House to serve this. And, and we even heard uh, a, a female from a female uh, uh, anchor on ESPN saying, oh, this is racist because serving fast food because the majority of players are black. Actually, it's 50-50. And there's nothing racist about fast food. In fact, I would say go into any Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, or Domino's, and you look at the people that go in there, There's prob- that's the least racist place you can go. You have black, white, Asian, every religion, every denomination, male, female, every gender. There's nothing racist about fast food. But of course, they're going to be the critics. Helen Rosner in The New Yorker. The headline, the pure American banality of Donald Trump's White House fast food banquet. Basically saying how unoriginal. And that who doesn't like fast food now and then? That in many, many foo-foo dinner parties, that Popeye's or Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out Burger are, are served, but it's more of a, of a novelty 
not the main course. And she goes on to say that Trump's, uh, this author, Trump's bulk order, on the other hand, was a dinner fighting against the odds. One uh, imagines those poor sandwiches steaming limply inside their cardboard boxes on the drive to the White House and during the fuss over arranging them on their silver platters and properly lighting the gilded candelabra. There's a particular awfulness to McDonald's or Burger King once it's gone cold. By the time America's greatest collegiate football players arrived in their navy blazers and Sunday shoes to pick up porcelain plates and work their way through this cardboard buffet, the French fries would have grown cold and mealy, the burger buns soggy, the precise half-slice of American cheese on each filet fish sandwich hardened to a tough, flavorless rectangle of yellow. And then in the uh, Tampa Bay Times, I see an article that Trump gave Big Macs to Clemson, but do college athletes actually eat that stuff? And the answer is, you bet they do. They love it. Here's another Washington Post headline. Trump has turned the White House into a White Castle. President roasted for serving Clemson fast food. And then we see another story. Michelin three-star restaurant invites Clemson Tigers to dine after Trump fast food meal. The owner of Alinea, the highest-rated fine dining restaurant in Chicago, has invited the Clemson University Tigers, the national football champions, to experience, quote, what an actual celebration dinner should be and promised there would be a meal worth it. And the owner of the restaurant, Nick Kokanis, said in a tweet Tuesday, I could care less about college football, but I'm personally inviting the Clemson Tigers team and coaches to Chicago to experience what an actual celebration dinner should be. Alinea is the only restaurant in Chicago to earn a full three Michelin star rating. And that Michelin designation comes from the Michelin Red Guide, published every year, and awards three stars for excellence to very few establishments. The kind of establishments that I would never partake in, would never patronize, because I don't like foo-foo food. I like good food. I like tasty food. I don't like this foo-foo nonsense. Kokana said he doesn't think there's anything wrong with fast food, but... I bet they've never had quite like anything what we do. And he says we know how to appropriately celebrate for the appropriate, uh, do a celebration for the appropriate occasion. The team could expect four or five suckling pigs roasted properly and royster fried chicken if they were to dine there. He also said the vintage champagne he would serve the college team would have likely cost more than the $3,000 that the White House was estimated to have spent on the fast food they served. How many Clemson Tigers collegiate football players do you think would have enjoyed the vintage champagne? Most of them would have said, you have a beer? Most college students don't want the hoity-toity food. And this goes to show that President Trump, no matter what he did or served, would never win. And I'll give you a perfect example. Had President Obama served the fast food, the libstream media would have all in unison said, what a man of the people. President Obama, he relates to young students. He relates to young people. He can relate to these athletes. He is so hip and cool serving this fast food, the McDonald's and the Big Macs and the, the Wendy's and the Whoppers and the fries. What a stroke of brilliance. No other president would have ever thought of that, but President Obama is so fortuitous and has such the pulse 
on young people today that knew exactly what they would want to dine on. Bravo, President Obama. What a brilliant move. And President Obama himself loves hamburgers, and therefore he served it to them. What a stroke of absolute brilliance. President Trump serves it. Oh, how banal. How beneath the White House. What a slap in the face. How racist. Yet all the college football players that were there from Clemson loved it. They all raved about it. Some of them said, oh, I don't think our nutritionist would be too happy. But, hey, this is great. They had a great time. Black and white players alike. They all felt welcome and had a great time. Now, if President Trump would have served a hoity-toity meal, something, for example, that would be served at per se, where I call, I call it per so-so, it is a very... Uh, over highly overrated. That's why I call it Persoso. One of those Michelin three type star restaurants. It is a fixed course meal. 350. I have today's menu, by the way, in front of me, or yesterday, last night's meal, actually. $355 with gratuity included, but there are some supplements if you want, for example, a different uh, one of the different courses. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten courses. I have dined there. It was my father's birthday. Got to be at least 10 years ago. My sister wanted to go. My father, they decided that's where they wanted to go. The most overrated, untasty, overpriced meal I have ever had. It was so underwhelming that it was done. I had to go to a Jewish delicatessen to get a corned beef sandwich to uh, fill my hunger pangs. So let me give you an example of what some of these hoity-toity libs would have loved for President Trump to serve. But had he done it, they would have gone after him. And this is the, the, the type of menu, of course, that they're talking about, where they think a $355 meal in New York, there's nothing, they don't bat an eye because they're so out of touch. Here is last night's menu, the chef's tasting menu at Per Se in New York, or as I like to call it, Per Soso. First course, oysters and pearls. Sabayon of pearl tapioca with Island Creek oysters and Regis ova caviar. But if you'd like a different uh, starter, for a $60 upcharge, you can get the Royal Kaluga caviar, Americana Hennig terrine, pickled red onions, and cucumber parsiennes. Next course is the Shoe Farsi. Black trumpet mushroom, pain Purdue, Piedmont hazelnuts, and Thompson grape consomme. Next up, the Montauk Sea Bream Coute à la Vapeur. Spiny lobster knuckles, compressed watercress, and caramelized cauliflower puree. I don't want anything compressed, and I don't want cauliflower caramelized or pureed or fricasseed, period. Next up, the herb-roasted Pacific abalone, pomme maximes, shard green garlic, and whey nuage. Next up, bread and butter. Pain de Sagle au fruit sec and Diane St. Clair's Animal Farm Butter. You know, there's such a difference, I say, between Land O'Lakes and Diane St. Clair's Animal Farm Butter. Being, being somebody from Midtown Manhattan, the Upper East Side in New York, I simply cannot have Land O'Lakes. I must have Diane St. Clair's Animal Farm Butter. Next up, milk-fed Yorkshire porcelain, toasted corn cake, Pearson Farm Pecans and Celery Branch. And by the way, you're, you're looking at all these courses thinking, all right, 10 courses, I'm going to be full. 
That milk-fed Yorkshire porcelain toasted corn cake is about the size. If you take your index finger and your thumb and put them together, it's about an inch in diameter is exactly what size you get. But if you would like a supplement, instead of the milk-fed Yorkshire porcelain, you'd like hand-cut tagliatelle, you can get shaved white truffle from Alba, Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, and Buernoset for an extra 175 large. Then, for your main course, Ellison Field farmland, Collier de Gneau, Niçois olive crepe, young fennel bulb, and Armando Mani extra virgin olive oil. Wait a minute, Armando Mani, isn't that a suit? Oh no, that's Armand, uh, 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 that's a different Armani. Armando Mani extra virgin olive oil. Or, for an extra 100 C note, 100 day dry aged beef ribeye, yam palisson, Brussels sprouts, MNC, Tokyo turnips, and steak sauce. And by the way, that beef ribeye, you're thinking, hey man, for 100 extra bucks, I'm gonna get a nice 12, 14 ounce piece. You're probably getting three ounces if you are lucky. And then the second to last course, Gougère, with aged Gruyere and black winter truffles, and then an assortment of desserts, fruit, ice cream, chocolate, candies. Now, if President Trump would have served that, the Royal Kaluga Caviar, the Choux Farsi, the Hudson Valley Moulin Duck Fagois, the Montauk Seabrim Coute à la Vapeur, the Herb Roasted Pacific Abalone, the Bread and Butter, the Milk-Fed uh, Yorkshire Porcelain, the Hand-Cut Tagliatelle, the Elysian Fields Farm Lab, or the Gougère. You know what the media, the Libstream, the CNNs, and the MSPS, uh, MSNBCs would have said? President Trump thinks he's on the Upper East Side. He's so out of touch. Doesn't he realize that most of these players are on scholarship? And this is meals that they would never a dream of having. This is outrageous. This is, this is just so, so elitist. That how dare President Trump serve this? But if President Obama would have served this, President Obama is a man that wanted to share the high-end tastes with the players, most of whom were on scholarship. He wanted to share a very unique five-star Michelin tasting experience. He wanted these players to experience the best that life has to offer using the finest resources of the White House chefs. And how, what, what a statement that President Obama wants to show that he is so... He encourages these young athletes, these young men, to strive to achieve that. He wants to show them what down the road, if they, if they work hard, if they play hard and they graduate, what they could look forward to. President Obama is such a pres prescient president. The man knows what a brilliant stroke of genius. They would have gone on and on and on. No matter what President Trump served, no matter what he did, it was not going to be good enough. And we're seeing a perfect example. But before I go on to what he did with Nancy Pelosi, before I talk about that, Sergeant Steve, I know that we have a cut that I want to play. Aaron Burnett from CNN. At one time when Aaron Burnett was on CNBC, I actually liked, you know what, take a short time out and then we'll come back. We'll hit it. Final concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. 
This month's Cigar Dave Officers Club selection is the Alec Bradley New Release Sampler, including the Alec Bradley Blind Faith. This cigar features a silky smooth wrapper from Alec Bradley's proprietary farm in Nicaragua for a blend that is both rich and full-flavored. Get cigars like these shipped directly to you every month by joining the Cigar Dave Officers Club today. Get details at CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. All right, CNN, Aaron Burnett, after playing the president remarks, and I liked Aaron Burnett when she was on CNBC, but she has changed dramatically and is absolutely a tro- total anti-Trump, total, uh, total, total lib, like everybody else on the uh, cartoon Clinton News Network. But after uh, President Trump made some comments in jest before serving the players the fast food, And boy, did she ever go off. Typical feminist rant and rave. So I had a choice. Do we have no food for you? Because we have a shutdown. Or do we give you some little quick salads that the first lady will make along with with the second lady? They'll make some salads. And I said, you guys aren't into salads. Or do I go out, Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott? Do I go out and send out for about 1,000 hamburgers, Big Macs? (laughs) That's appalling. Uh, it seems to me like the president will not be happy until there is not one single female Republican voter in the country. It's incredibly sexist. It also, I mean, I don't know why I'm stuck on this, 
But Ivanka is not the second lady. She is actually, I don't think she deserves this position, she's actually a senior advisor to the president. So the idea that he would demean her specifically in that way, he shouldn't talk about the first lady that way. We, we aren't all here to make salads for men. It's, it's yeah. disgusting. I mean, I'm presuming he was talking about Karen Pence when he said second lady. Oh, I God, don't I'm sorry. No, but, I, but I'm she shouldn't be doing it. But how in the world uh, do you not perceive that as sexist to say the assumption that his wife's going to go make salads for the bunch of football players? What is she, I, like the cook? Oh, the humanity, a woman making a salad. What? How anti-feminist. How? Do you think any female voter looked at that and said, boy, President Trump wants to get all the women back in the kitchen? It was a joke. And, and, and Aaron Andrews and that other gal that was on there, they are both typical angry women. No matter what he does... Could have served a five-star meal, could have served fast food, nothing would have been good enough. Screw them. I'll get to uh, what President Trump did to Nancy Pelosi next week. Boom! Got her right back. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the alpha, make America great again. Hashtag MMGA, make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure, screw the feminists, and hashtag screw Gillette.